This is Indian Art History by Mash Podcast. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Indian Art History by Mash Podcast and I am your host Ayushi. Perhaps the world's oldest, most quintessential, most powerful administrative downfall story is that the successful emperor's son was a terrible administrator. Ashoka Maurya died in 232 BCE. His sons and grandsons were not as able administrators as Ashoka and the entire empire started to disintegrate into smaller independent capitals. The last Mauryan king was killed by his Brahmin general. And from here on starts a 112-year rule of Shunga dynasty. While this was a Hindu dynasty, Buddhist architecture was still flourishing and exploring the most complex of Buddhist narratives through art. Around 100 BCE in present-day Madhya Pradesh, Many Buddhist patrons got together to accomplish a project in the hope to build a mighty stupa for Buddhist pilgrims. The patrons included everybody, women, men, the royalty and the community from as far as Patna to south of Maharashtra. The patrons also included the monks and the nuns. They wanted to propagate the Buddhist principle and educate the unaware pilgrims about the stories of Buddha's journey of enlightenment as well as the stories of his previous lives which are compiled as jatak tales. You might not have heard about this particular stupa and even if you have today I will be talking about the Barhut stupa. Today we include many different aesthetic features such as motifs, materials and structures that originated from Buddhist patronage as Buddhist architecture. This visual representation resulted from a combination of Buddhist traditions, history, literature and environment. The quality of work and style depends on the audiences, the society and the patronage who define the purpose of the artwork. This episode will be focusing on two primary Buddhist art practices. First, we will be talking about the diverse narrative techniques used by the artist to educate the audiences about Buddhism, and second is that interestingly, they started publishing the names of the patrons as well as the artist. The donations happened in several partnership. For example, King Dhan Bhuti donated money to build the four gateways, whereas Chapu Devi from Vidisha donated money for the first pillar. different donors invested in different sites of the architecture Barhut stupa was built in 100 BCE around the area of present day Malwa somewhere between Allahabad and Jabalpur in Madhya Pradesh The area was an important trade route as well where people of different professions and backgrounds flocked in the city for trade and commerce It only is logical to construct a stupa at an accessible location like this More access means more visits and more visits means spreading the principle of Buddhism among common folk the access of trade brought with it usage of stones rather than wood the masons abandoned wood and started carving using stone instead stone suggested magnanimity as well as longevity which attracted a lot many visitors placing great political and religious power in the site 
at the greater depths of the mound, relics are enshrined. The inscriptions emphasize on the belief that the relics hold the living presence of Buddha, which of course attracted many pilgrims as they wanted to experience physical proximity to Buddha in the hope of spiritual enlightenment. The remains of the stupa are preserved in the Indian Museum in Calcutta or Kolkata. I find it interesting that the remains of a stupa from Madhya Pradesh are preserved in a museum in Kolkata. Anyway, the stupa had four large toranas. Toranas are basically gateways. Out of those four gateways, only the eastern one remains. Each gateway was connected by railings. On the beams of the gateway, lions, griffins, elephants and manticores are carved. They surround an empty throne, which is an an iconic symbol of Buddha. Nowhere in Barhut Stupa will you find a direct representation of Buddha. The community at large thought it imperative at that time to represent Buddha indirectly using objects related to him. It was a very symbolic representation. Bharut is one of the few structures of those times that document the names of the masons who created various parts of the stupa. It also documents the names of the patrons who funded a particular section. The upper frame of the doorway has small columns. These columns have the names of masons written on the base. These inscriptions are in Kharoshti script prevalent in Gandhar region at that time. Gandhar region is parts of modern day uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan. And this probably means that the masons were brought from Gandhar. It is quite possible that the art practice of these masons were a special choice at that time because they brought with them the Hellenistic styles and techniques, which perhaps was a preference of the patron. The Shunga ruler Dhanabhuti donated four Toranas, inscribed on the gateway pillar which says, as translated by Buler, this ornamental gateway has been erected by the king of Shugna, Dhanabhuti, born of the queen of the Vatsa family and son of Aga Raja born of the queen of the Gota family and grandson of king Visadeva born of the queen of Gagaya race and spiritual merit has been gained thereby. Some scholars say that Dhanabhuti was actually a Shunga ruler while some say that the inscriptions mean Suga. One thing is clear that by this time, the identity of the contributors had an important economic and social role in the society. The railings of the stupa are another important feature. It has different kinds of relief carvings. Here too one would find mason's marks, but these are in Brahmi script, which was practiced locally at that time. When I say locally, I mean the regions of Madhya Pradesh, where Bharut stupa is situated. So, the inner face of the railings display the narrative message of the site, while the exterior has decorative motifs carved on it. In addition to being a fine specimen of craftsmanship, the artworks are fine storytellers too. They tell the stories in the manner of a series of important events in Buddha's historic life, like enlightenment, the first sermon, the great demise, etc. etc. They also vividly describe the scenes of Jatak tales from the previous 549 lives of Buddha as an animal, human or even as vegetation, nature. The narrative carvings on the railings are a very clever pedagogic tool to educate the pilgrims about not only the history of Buddhism but also the history of the stupas. 
the pilgrims would circumambulate around the stupa basically they would walk all around the stupa and they would read the inscriptions as well as contemplate the narrative reliefs carved along the railings monks and nuns would often guide the tour of the pilgrims explaining the detailed meaning of the symbols narrating the stories as they would walk along The first pillar next to the eastern gateway was donated by Chapu Devi, a woman from Vidisha. The pillar shows a relic procession, a rider on an elephant with a box containing the relics. This box of relics is basically called reliquary. Motifs inspired from nature and many other elements of nature have been heavily used throughout. Uh, one of the most popular mono scene shows the donation of the auspicious state elephant by King Vesantara to a Brahmin. The prince is seen ratifying the gift by pouring water. The prince's father got so upset by this act of charity that he banished Prince Vesantara. The the relief urges the visitor to think about spiritual perfection and the noble qualities of the enlightened beings, which in this case is charity. In a very interesting monosynic visual narration of a story from Kukuta Jatak, the artist leaves many aspects of the story to the imagination of the viewers. A she-cat seated on the ground looks over at a cock seated on a tree. In the story, she unsuccessfully tries to seduce the cock under the guise of eating him later. Medallions are a repetitive motif throughout the stupa. One of the popular medallions is called Maya's Dream. It shows a woman lying on a bed, an elephant hovering above her body. There are three attendants with a chori or a fly whisk in their hands, a water pot near her head, and an incense burner near her foot. This is a representation of the popular story of Buddha's mother Maya. One night, Maya dreams that an elephant is entering her body from the side, and eventually she gives birth to Buddha. This theme was a rage amongst the Greco-Buddhist art of Gandhara as well. There are several instances of synoptic narration as well, where multiple episodes describe a single story in one frame. Perhaps Bharut was also one of the earliest documentation of patronage and artists. Buddhist art at Bharut is very important because it sets certain iconographic and stylistic standards that influenced other centers of Buddhism as well. The stories and motifs that appeared in Bharut evolved precisely and got more refined later on. And we see them reappearing at places like Ajanta in stupas at Gandhar and in relief work all around the South Asian community of Buddhism. The stories involve as many animals as human and just as many forests and trees and elements from the natural world. You are listening to Mash Podcast.